0: One of the great things about kids is their sense of imagination and wonder. Last Wednesday, we had our preschool end-of-year program, and each student got to get up here, stand up here, and uh, announce into the microphone what they wanted to be when they grow up. And every year, you get the expected police officer or firefighter, nurse, veterinarian. But this year, we had some really imaginative ones, An adventurer was one. Uh, Who does that anymore? Right? Everything's been explored already. Uh, Another one didn't want to be an astronaut. She wanted to be mission control. Right? She wanted to. she, She wants to help the astronauts get to where they're going. Another wanted to be Batman. Now I wonder how you get that job. You know? Do you have to wait until the current Batman retires or is killed in the line of duty, and then you can? Send in your application? You know, children think about the possibilities and the sky's the limit. What was your dream as a kid? Very realistic dream. (laughs) A teacher, you know, you can do that. My dream was to turn Mojave Airport in California into the largest airplane museum with every type of airplane ever made on display and in flyable condition. I truly believed that it was going to happen. And in fact, one day when I was 11 years old, I walked right into the airport manager's office unannounced while he was on the phone and proceeded to tell him my plans for his airport. I even had detailed drawings I'd made showing him where everything was going to be. Turns out, Mr. Sabovich had other plans for his airport but he was gracious and thanked me and proceeded to tell me not to ride my bike too close out onto the flight line, lest I get run over by a taxing airplane. Needless to say, my childhood dream never came true as with many of us. As you get older, reality kicks in. We begin to realize that a lot of the things that we dream of doing require a lot of money or technology that just doesn't exist yet. It all starts to look pretty slim. But reality isn't all bad. You know, there are other things you can do that are related with your childhood dream. You know, for me, well, you know, the the museum thing was kind of out, right? Uh, But I could join the Air Force and be around airplanes all day long. And so that's what I did right out of high school. But without college first, I was never going to be a general. You know, whatever, whatever your dream job or alternate dream job For most of us, you climb the professional ladder, and one day you realize you've got as high as you're going to get, and the rest of life is just sort of living on the plateau. No more promotions in store. Same goes for your health, right? You grow for a while in height and strength, but then it becomes a matter of maintenance, you know, and in some cases you start growing in other directions, and you, know, you reach that plateau from which, well, sometimes things kind of go downhill from there. So it seems the further along you get in life, the less you think about success, too. That was the case for me, anyways. I, I don't know, maybe some of you were different, but perhaps you know what I'm talking about. It just You start thinking more about survival rather than, just your, rather than your ambitious plans to make your dream come true or something close enough to it. But that's not all bad either. Because with age and time and experience comes wisdom. And along the way, you find out it really doesn't matter if you become king of the hill. Instead, you come to see that the best things in life are the simple things. Friends, family, church. I know that sounds cliche, but it's true. There's no need for lavish feasts in a million-dollar home A simple meal with your loved ones or your church family will do just fine. Thanks be to God for the simple gifts. But having said all this, we should never completely lose that childhood sense of imagination and wonder. After all, a world beyond our wildest dreams is our future. For those of you who remember better times for the church, please understand that the glorious past was not our peak. An even brighter future lies before us. God opens doors all around us, and no matter what happens, better things are on the way. Now, don't get me wrong. As Lutheran Christians, we don't harbor any illusions. Human nature, this side of the grave, is never going to improve. You know, you've heard me say this before, but For all the effort we put in today to teach kindness and tolerance and acceptance, and we've been doing this since I was a kid, has it ever really made a difference? Have all the anti-hate and discrimination laws and weapons bans uh, uh, devised to curb behavior really done what they're supposed to do? It doesn't seem like it to me. At least it seems it should be better. I don't know. Maybe it would be worse if it, all that hadn't happened. You know, I've even made it a point during my new member class to be up, to be more upfront with people, who uh, with that have co- been coming to church that you know the, don't have the expectation that everything's going to be hunky dory because you have life in the church now. You know, there's still sin and bad things are still going to happen. Whether you've been in the church all your life or five minutes, we all take a look in the mirror of the Ten Commandments, and we're painfully aware that original sin remains with us, in us. The good that we would do, we won't do, and that which we don't want to do, we end up doing. It's frustrating, isn't it? But there is hope, because you and I are in line for a promotion that makes the world's best seems like... Seem like child's play. And that's what the ascension of Jesus is all about. Jesus is the son of God and also the son of man. And as such, he is our brother. A man from Nazareth. And he's been promoted. A member of our family, our human race, has climbed the ladder to the top. Well, figuratively speaking anyways. You know, he didn't climb. He just went up. (laughs) rose up. Nevertheless, he's king of the hill, right? King of the universe. But he's not like all those earthly kings who despised their people and weren't attentive to their cries for mercy. He's a king who knows your sorrows, knows our frustrations, our illnesses, our addictions, our temptations, our heinous acts against each other and against him. In thought, word, and deed, and yet still pours out his boundless mercy and steadfast love onto us without any merit or payment on our part. And that really bodes very well for our future. You could say that we're now insiders, you know, like working for a company that your uncle owns. No need to climb your way to the top through a series of promotions based on your hard work or effort. You just get brought to the top Call it an unfair advantage. Well, by our human standards, it is unfair. Forgiveness and salvation through Christ is unfair, right? We should have to pay something for it. We should have to, to pay something to make it to the top, work hard to get into heaven. But that's not how God would have it. He's made it to the top with His own payment, His own Son, His own blood. And he's bringing us along with him. Now, you know, the Bible is full of joy and also full of sadness. The most tragic story isn't one of those about, you know, the land of Israel and one of the great battles where thousands were slain. You know, the most tragic part becomes at the very beginning. One act of disobedience. Adam and Eve were the king and queen of creation having been put in charge by God to take care of the place where they'd been put. And then they fell. Not off a cliff, but from grace. And they kept falling. You know, their child was the first murderer. And their children kept falling down. And further down. How much further can we fall before Jesus returns? We want to go up. We want to go where Jesus went. Well, we are headed that way because we see the light at the ascension. The kingdom of God has arrived and the heavens have opened up. Now not even the sky is the limit. For Christ, through His death, He has taken our sin upon Himself and although we've ignored Him, He's been completely devoted to us. Though He's been mocked, He's big enough to take it. Though He's been looked down upon, He lifts us up. And that's good news, my friends. By His resurrection, we are restored as people worthy of inheriting everything He owns, which is everything. In the beginning, our sin made us lower than the beasts, but now even the angels envy us. So pity the world's powers which will be nothing in the end on the last day. Pity the stars and the important people who don't know what we know. They often strut around not knowing that they're just playing dress-up. Meanwhile, we're in line for a promotion that makes theirs seem like child's play. Since our Lord wore a crown of thorns, we wear a crown of life. So go ahead and embrace the future with that childhood sense of imagination and wonder. Consider the possibilities. What will it look like and feel like to finally be perfect the way God wants it, the way He has made you and me? He's the door. Walk through. Better things are on the way. Amen.